welcome to the Cheer Up Podcast. Today with me, as always, is my beautiful, wonderful, lovely co-host, Sherry Swalwell. Hey, Sherry, how's it going? It is going great, Kara. How are you? I'm excited. Excited because not only do I have one friend on here with me this beautiful morning, I have two. <laughs> I also have my friend and author, Nikki Detendranoff, also known as Jerrica Kingston, author of the book Lily Bloom. Hey, Nikki. Hello, and good morning to you both. Hey, how are you doing? How are things um, in the... um? Oh, I was going to say Georgia sunshine. Is it sunshine down there? Definitely. Today is our first day above 90. It is so hot. (laughs) It is. Oh, wow. Really? (laughs) And I've been to Georgia before, so it's probably not just hot. It's probably very humid. Indeed it is. Oh, my God. I have to tell you, Jericho, we're going to have to have a conversation after the podcast because my daughter keeps convincing me that she's moving to Georgia and she's never even visited. So we might need some tips on where to go, what to see, all that good stuff. Absolutely. You got it. (laughs) Yeah. So she has her heart set on uh, Georgia, huh? (laughs) I think it's because she loves peaches, but I'm not really sure. She also loves warm weather. So 90 degrees, she would be in heaven. Oh, yeah. Oh, I bet. And you know you can't get anything better than Georgia Georgia peaches, right? So. You know, so that is that is like amazing because, oh, my gosh, they're so good. They're so sweet. They're so juicy. Um, when you get them straight from the source, right? I mean, we're yeah. in the Midwest, Sherry. So by the time they get to us, they're not as good as they are down there. So, you know, your daughter may be on to something. <laughs> I'm thinking she is. I haven't discouraged her yet. Yeah, you know, <laughs> So she may be completely on to something, you know, and everything else. But everyone, again, hello, good morning. Thank you all for joining us again. I want to give a shout-out to all of those who continue to show support to us all over social media, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. For those of you who share, comment, post, and have reached out to us, we want to thank you guys so much. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome. Thank you so much. This is our second season. And um, today, we're actually going to be talking about a whole bunch of things. Actually, but mostly Christian living type topics. And the first thing we're going to try to tackle, at least today, is the concept of marriage. And Nikki Jerrica, I call her Nikki Jerrica. <laughs> so Nikki Jerrica will be helping us talk about that. So Nikki, what do you want to share with us this morning? Goodness, uh, if I could just begin, just uh, thank you all for having me today. Um, It's such a joy to be with you. Um, I think that when I consider marriage, um, biblically, I would never, I've been married for 33 years to my wonderful husband, and we both tell everybody, uh, we, we would not be together today were it not for Christ. If Jesus Christ is not a foundation, I really don't know how people make it. Um, It's truly... um, in our lives, we had everything going against us. And this was um, basically due to our own um, lack of trust in the Lord when we first began. Um, and then 
you know, culturally, we're, we're two different cultures. Our families do things completely differently. Um, you know, I, I could go on and on, but Christ being the foundation is, of course, the cornerstone of a wonderful marriage. Is everything going to be, um, using that term again, peach, is everything going to be peachy throughout your Or peachy keen, no. like they used to say, peachy. yes. Exactly. No, it will not. But with Christ, it will be sweet. And uh, there's forgiveness and there's always reconciliation. And so um, that's the joy that we have in, in our marriage uh, today. 33 years, uh, we've been um, going strong, and we give all the glory to God for that. Because like I said, we never would have made it without him. Amazing, right? And we can all testify to that because Sherry um, has been married for over for about twenty five years. Me over uh, thirty at this point, you know. And um, I think the key to the longevity of a lot of biblical marriages, because there's a difference, <laughs> you know, of biblical marriages, is that you gotta have God in the center of it. You you That's you gotta. Right. Um, otherwise he probably, you know, three years in, we would have been like, okay, I'm done. You're done. Let's just go, you know, uh, separate ways and everything like that. So tell us more about the cultural differences that you guys had. Yes, ma'am. Well, um, my story is a little, um, crazy. Um, it's hard to begin at that point without, without doing some backtracking, but I will just, um, try to. Okay, go ahead. Start wherever you're comfortable. it's fine. I will um, let you know that my husband um, and his family were Hindu. Um, he was born and raised in um, Guyana, South America, and his family um, were were Hindu. They believe um, that his grandparents were taken as uh, indentured servants from Great Brit- uh, the, when the British were colonizing um, South America. And so gotcha. we're not uh-huh. even really sure. We, we believe that uh, his, his family were from uh, the southern part of India, although it's possible that he could have, uh, their, their heritage could have been, you know, Sri Lankan or, or, or something. But anyway, um, we do know the reason we believe um, that it was from India is because um, my husband is a former Hindu. Uh-huh. Um, he was uh, 23 uh, when when we when we met. There is eight and a half years difference between us. And um, for the first four years, I was still in high school, and we were only pen pals, uh, like in, in totally different states, like just pen pals. So um, we met when I went to uh, visit one of um, my 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 stepfather. So a, a lot of um, dysfunction in my my personal background, and um, my husband was from this very Orthodox Hindu background. Um, Twelve siblings, uh, just it, uh, wow, uh, lots of legalism and practices. So as we wrote, um, my life began falling apart with things that were happening in my own personal life. And his life was just taking off with him being in, in the Navy, and he was um, on uh, sea duty quite quite frequently and, and gone. So we were pen palling as friends across the ocean um, for like four years. And so then when I 
when I graduated, he came uh, up to where I lived at that time for for my graduation, and um, we we had been writing and getting to know each other for four years. And what I saw in him at that time was um, someone who was very stable and someone who had goals. I, I didn't even know what a goal was. Um, <laughs> you know, right, right. <laughs> I had been a, a high school dropout at one time because, you know, my mom was uh, a single mom for, for much of my time growing up. So on my 16th birthday, I dropped out of high school and went to work so I could help pay bills with my older sister and my mom. So there was a lot going on, and he was so adamant, no, 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 you've got to go back to school. You cannot do this. And so I felt like I was, I was, he was like a, a role model, you know. And so he, yes. just, he was so helpful and friend, friends. That's all we were for so long. And then when I graduated, um, he he was stationed in in Florida at the time, and I was in North Carolina. And then when I graduated, he was like, "I think." Um, we should be more than friends. What do you think? And of course, goodness, my heart just started racing. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, you know, because we'd not talked about anything like that up to this point. And so from there, it was like a whirlwind courtship. He took me to meet his mom. Um, that was my first introduction to a culture shock. Because um, yeah. I kept asking him, well, what's she like? Because my mom is like, she's such a, uh, if, if if you were to meet her, you would love her instantaneously. She's just so giving and, and so interested in, in you as a person and, and who she talks to as, and just wanting to know more about your life and getting to know you and um, just, oh, my goodness, she's just very free um, with with her feelings. My, my At the time, my soon-to-be husband's mother-in-law was totally opposite, like, very particular, very um, very outspoken about what she did and did not expect in who would become her daughter-in-law. So <clears throat> it was such a challenge for me because shortly after um, I got married, um, I was I had a, a friend in my senior year in high school, and she had directed me um, to the church. Now, my grandparents, my mother's parents were... Um, very much dedicated, devoted, devout Christians, and they did everything that in their power to help me and my sisters um, walk in the ways of the Lord. Uh, unfortunately, I had a stony heart at the time, and I did not want to hear anything um, about the Lord as I was a teenager. And then um, when I got married, it was impressed upon me so very quickly that, uh, yes, the Holy Spirit was beginning to convict me of my sin in my heart and show me that I needed a Savior. So um, also, at that time, uh, right before I got married, I discovered that I was pregnant. And so this was how I entered my marriage. Um, A high school graduate, three months pregnant, excuse me, six months pregnant at the time because I walked across the stage pregnant when I was graduating. And so um, it was like a huge wake-up call to me. Um, My goodness, something something is happening in my heart and what's going on. And the Lord just sent uh, the last six months of my time in high school, the the Lord sent a young lady to me um, 
Tanzania Rodriguez, I'll never forget her name, and she invited me over to her home one night, and she told me, I, it was kind of awkward at first when I got over, I thought, okay, we're going to have a sleepover, everything's going to be cool, and she said, I just need to tell you, God has laid you on my heart, and he wanted me to talk to you about his salvation, and I, at the moment, all I could do, I just, I just kind of laughed because, and she looked at me so strangely when I started laughing because I thought, this is incredible. As much as I had been at this point trying to run away from the hound of heaven, the Lord God Almighty, he was putting people in my life, in my path, and thank his holy name, praise him, that I could not get away. And so when I laughed, she was so amazed. She's like, was, was that funny? And I said, not at all. I said, I just, I, I'm just amazed at how this is coming down. So she invited me to her church, going to her church. The Lord was working, working, working in my life, and praise his name by his grace. I'm now one of his children. Well, guess what? Now I'm pregnant. I'm married to this man who's a Hindu. So we're unequally yoked. I began um, reading my Bible, and I thought, how on earth can I hear of someone who is completely driven, go-getter, hardworking, sacrificial in, in, in all that he does in his time with, with work. But I felt like I was, I was, I was raised like being feelings for everything, not in intuitiveness. And, and he was the introvert and I was extroverted and it was just, it was just difficult. And not long in, we, we discovered that um, our unborn child um, had a birth defect. That was another another thing that was just so pressing and so challenging on us and and then with with you know oh gosh it was it was something else you know being a, a type b i was you know more cautious about things i'm more relaxed and I, yes every my answer to everything was yes let's do that yes i can do that yes no problem and service and being hospitable was more along my my lines you know um, but not everything about being a type B person is, is a good thing because, you know, also I have a tendency to want to relax too much. I can become a little lazy. You know, I can seem to be a pushover. And then, you know, everything about being a type A isn't always a, a wonderful thing either because these individuals don't know when to stop. They can't slow down. They're easily offended if, if you bring something up. So there are, there are so many um, variables in what seem like complete opposites and you know, writing letters and being friends and getting to know a little about about a little bit about someone is is a wonderful thing. But until you've lived with someone, that's when the rubber meets the road, isn't it? So it was just a challenge that first year of marriage, you know, and going in with with all of these things in my heart. And then was like, oh Lord, you know, have I messed up so bad that I'm going to be like, you know, be in a divorce situation because. It was it was becoming so tense, you know. I, I my husband was never against me going to church, and in fact, he was very much for me going to church because he thought I was a little too wild, you know. Like, hey, you need to tone <laughs> down yourself. And God is so gracious, you know. He can take any personality if if you're if you're if you're. He just makes it all right. He makes everything and everyone right in his way and so I remember being in the car and, and he would say hey there's a nice little church would you like to try that out sure would you like to come with me uh no you can go but but I'll I'll stay home 
So it was that kind of that kind right, of arrangement right. that first year, and it was oh, it was so grieving to my heart because when I was saved, it was immediate. Like the changes that had taken place, and and my heart was like so grieved over my own sin, and then like I wanted everybody to know the joy of knowing Jesus, and especially in my own household. And then you know the thoughts thinking, well, you know how is he going to want to raise our kids if he's not come to church and he's not being the leader, I'm going to have to be the leader. And, you know, that's not really biblical. I, my husband's supposed to do the leading because I wanted to be in the role of the the mother, the wife, the mother that was following godly leadership. And so I'm like, I have screwed this up so bad. I've gotten the horse before the cart. Everything I'm doing is wrong. God, is there grace for me? And there was. And there is. And to anybody listening today, if you are in a situation where you think this is impossible, God cannot do there believe me, if he can break through my stony heart and he can break through goodness, you would never know that my husband could ever be be, be reached by the power and grace of the Holy Ghost. I promise you, he can do it. God is able and and I'm a testimony of that. And I and I thank him for his grace and mercy in my life. And here we are. 33 years later, you would not believe, yes, you would, the story of how my husband came to faith. So do I need to stop? Or you, you guys need to, like, interject? or No, because I'm sitting here and I'm like, now it's like, um, so like when you're reading a really good book and you're like, oh, my goodness, and you're like getting to that to that page and you're like okay so what's going to happen next because now i me like all my i'm pretty sure all the listeners of chura podcast want to know how tell us about you know your husband's uh how he came to the lord at least that's me how are you feeling sherry oh i'm thinking that she's gonna have to come back again like yes (laughs) two or three more times because yeah, this, we're not going to have enough time today. So, yes, please tell us about your husband's conversion. Oh, yes, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And you've definitely got to come back because, okay. yes, but this one, there's so much meat in everything that you just said. And I didn't want to interrupt you because there's so many biblical lessons and everything in there that you just said that we can, like, teach on and talk on forever. So you've definitely got to come back. But I don't want to interrupt the story, and I don't want to interrupt God's mercy and his grace and his almightiness in this testimony. So, yeah, if we're quiet, it's because we just don't want to interrupt it because we want everyone want to be able to hear it okay so go ahead go on <laughs> yes ma'am yes ma'am so i had be, um all right so we're like uh let's see six to eight months into um our life together um the day after i graduated high school um we left we moved down to florida um i moved in we had an apartment um my husband um was in the navy so he was out a lot on the ship um, I was I had begun going to a small church um, in Jacksonville, Florida, and it was uh, not long after I got there. My son was supposed to be born actually on my birthday, but you know, surprise, surprise, God knows more than doctors. That's a whole nother lesson too. We'll have to get to that. Uh, and my son was a preemie. He was born a month early, and my husband was out to sea. We did. He was only out for three days this time, and we didn't think you know, that, that he would need to stay home. He even asked, hey, you're eight months pregnant. Should I, like, stick around, tell them, you know. I said, no, go. What could happen? 
in three days. Well, right. Sure <laughs> and, uh, and he was born. Well, and when he was born with a birth defect, he had the cleft lip and palate. And it was just so, it was, it was, it was devastating in the way that you think if you have a child that everybody says, as long as they're born healthy, yeah, I get that. I get that. I understand what people are saying when they say that. But I promise you, if you have a child who is born not healthy or has a congenital birth defect, you will love that child as well. <laughs> I'm telling you. There is right. something in right. you that it will, this little helpless babe will just wrap themselves around your heart. And so that happened to that. That aspect, when he was born, um, just broke my husband's heart in a way that nothing else could. Um, I had been attending this this church, um, and after my son was born, my husband came so quiet and so distant and so broke. I did not realize what was happening at the time. And I would just go into my room, and I would weep, thinking, what on earth, how, how, what is going to become of us? What's going to become of our marriage? Because he would not talk. He'd come like completely shut down. And I would continue going to church, pouring out my cares to the Lord, pouring out my heart before him. Lord God, save my husband. Lord God, save. Lord God, save. And so um, of all things on, let's see, my son was born in August. And on Halloween night, on October 31st, um, we had some candy and stuff for the kids who were coming by. Uh, my husband wanted to do that. That's a whole other thing, you know, whether whether people choose to do that or not as Christians. So I had some candy. The doorbell rang, and I thought, I'm going to open the door, and there's going to be some little trick-or-treaters. And I opened the door, and there was the pastor of this church that I'd been attending. And I was like, whoa, well, hello there. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. and my pastor says, says, hi there, how are you? And he'd come by because my husband had not yet been attending the church. And right, so when he right. came, my husband invited him in, and they had a, a nice talk. I'll just sum up that um, my pastor was, was very um, kind and gracious, and but he shared the gospel in a very gentle way. And uh, my husband nodded, and he said, um, thank you for sharing that, because even though he was a Hindu, he was very open to other people's experiences and religions and, and what have you. So, um, But the thing that happened before my pastor left was he said something very striking, and it affected my husband in a major way. And he said, I just want to leave you with this. He said, um, I want you to know that, you know, if something were to happen to you and if something were to happen to Nikki and your child, he said, I can see that you love your family very much. He said, I can look around this apartment and see that you are a provider. I know that you care about your family. He said, if you were to die, you would be eternally separated from them. And my heart was racing because I thought, you know, that's really heavy to lay off somebody and then leave, you know, and then not discuss. And so my husband kind of nodded. He, he His face looked a little stern. And um, he said, and I just want you to know that Christ cares about you. The Lord Jesus died for sinners. And he said, I just want you to think about that. Will you think about it? And, he, and my husband said, yes, I'll think about that. Thank you. And so then it just became frosty, like it was so totally shut down in my house. And I thought, oh, what could happen? Well, 
on a Wednesday night, uh, I had gone to a church service, and, you know, since I had gotten saved, I had not gotten baptized, and I thought, you know, Jesus says we need to be baptized, not to be saved, but in order to follow his example and to do as he said. And maybe if I followed his first commandment after salvation, then maybe I'd stop making all these other mistakes and it'll be easier to obey him and other things. And so that Wednesday night with the express purpose of letting the pastor know, I need to be baptized. I walked into the church, um, sang a few hymns before the prayer meeting began, and at the end, then they would have extended the invitation time that I might go forward and and express my need to be baptized. Before we even got into the prayer meeting sermon, um, a deacon walked up to the pulpit and, and told the pastor something, passed off a note, and then from the pulpit, the pastor said, um, if somebody has the license plate number this, you're needed outside, and I thought, isn't this odd? That's my license plate number. And I thought, what on earth would someone interrupt the church service for a license plate number? But I got up slowly. Some of my friends, I had um, my three-month-old son there at the time beside me on the chair, and my friends were sitting beside the baby, and they said they would look out for him. I walked outside. It had just gotten dark. All I could see were police lights flashing, and I'm like, what in the world is happening? My husband had this car that was his baby, okay? And I had taken his car to church that night. Someone in the neighborhood liked my husband's car more than my husband did, and they tried to steal it out of the church parking lot. And I thought, no, what on earth? And me with my soon-to-be 19-year-old self, I just started crying because I was like, what is going on? And I was so nervous. And the police wanted to talk to me and ask what was going on. Well, all they happened to do was they weren't able to get the vehicle. They broke the steering column trying to get the vehicle, but they took some stuff out of the car and what have you. So here I am, church parking lot. Time is going by. I'm so distraught thinking, how am I going to tell my husband about this? Well, earth, you know, and all of a sudden it hits me. Wait a minute. This is the night that I'm supposed to go and tell the pastor I need to be baptized. All this is happening, it just like hit me all of a sudden. And a deacon had come out to stand with me at that point, And he touched me on the shoulder. At that point, this is so interesting. He like touched me on the shoulder. And he said, ma'am, are you okay? And I, I just turned and looked at him at that time. And I go, what time is it? And he went, uh, and he's looking at his watch. And I went, no, no, I'm sorry. I couldn't even form my words correctly. I said, what time is it inside the church? What's going on? And he said, oh, he said, I'm so sorry. You've missed the whole service. It's just the invitation time. And I went, what? Like the whole time that I had been talking with the police officer about this vehicle, the whole service had passed by. And now it was time for me to do what I was had purposely intended to go and do at the church. And I looked at the police officer and I said, sir, I will be right back. And he said, his eyes got so big, and he said, ma'am, we're filling out a police report here. And I said, yes, sir, and I'll be right back. I'll be right with you. I turned around. I went inside the church. I marched myself right down that aisle. I went straight to the pastor. Tears falling out of my eyes. All I could think on the way down the aisle was, if this is the link that the enemy would go to to stop me from doing this first commandment of the Lord, what must he have, the Lord God have in store for me and my family that the enemy is trying so hard against us. And so I went inside, 
And I told the pastor, I'm crying. He's nodding, and he's like, okay, okay. He's asking me questions to, you know, confirm, indeed, that I had been born again. And then so we had to call my husband, and here's the good part. We had to call my husband and tell him, you know, look. And so my friends um, took me um, in their car because I couldn't start my car. Now the steering column was broken, couldn't get the starter to work. And went to my apartment. That's the first time he met my, my two friends from the church. They picked him up and brought him back. And so it's dark now. They drop us off. We have our baby. I have my husband. He's looking in the car. Everyone has left. He's looking around trying to see what can happen. And all of a sudden we hear someone walking up like a twig snap. And I look up and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's this big tall guy coming, shadowed, I couldn't see, um, but kind of back from behind the church. And the closer he gets, my husband kind of gets this look on his face and he stands up, you know, this, this sailor guy, really tough. And he's looking like, we're thinking they're coming back to get this vehicle and here we are. Well, my pastor must have thought the same thing. He lived on the church property and he's coming to the vehicle not knowing it's us. He's got a gun thinking that the thieves had come back. And he's got this gun. My husband's looking at him. And then I'm thinking, oh, my soul, Lord, what are you doing? My husband will never come back to this church now. He's just, you know, <laughs> the pastor's got a gun, and he's coming out here at him. See, what I didn't recognize was God knows the male heart and God knows the female heart. This, what, this episode right here with the pastor coming out with a gun in his hand, the way my husband interpreted that was, what? This man is going to come out here and risk his life because my vehicle's in this yard, in this churchyard, and he's going to protect my property. And so for me, it was like, oh no. And for my husband, it was like, wow. You know, I didn't realize that at the time. And so that incident, my, and then the pastor put the gun away. He said, I'm sorry, I didn't know. And I said, you know, hey, 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 it's us. And so sure enough, um, he said, hey, it's good to see you at church, you know, and my husband kind of snickered a little bit, and we were able to get um, a tow truck to come and get the vehicle and on and on. Anyway, so what happened was, you know, we were young, and in, in the Navy, we didn't have a whole lot of money, and we were not, you know, yet up. Um, my husband hadn't been promoted a lot at this point. And so we were thinking, how are we going to pay for this vehicle? being in the shop and what have you. Well, the pastor insisted, look, the church has insurance just for this. You've got to take this or I will be so highly offended. And so my husband, of course, he submitted to that. He didn't like it, but he did it anyway. And so at that point, then my husband felt obligated, <laughs> obligated to come to this church at least once. Okay. <laughs> so, then, <laughs> so then he comes to the church service. He began coming again. People began loving on him, didn't know him, didn't know his background about being a Hindu, just began loving on him. He was, you know, different color. He's, this is the deep south here, you know, in very upper northern part of Florida, um, the only Indian person in the church there. And everybody just loved him, wanted to get to talk to him, you know, and he's kind of introverted, so he kind of felt a little overwhelmed, but he kept coming back. And one Wednesday night, you know, as frosty as it was at my house, you know, day by day, one Wednesday night we began to um, have the invitation, and my husband closed his hymn book. He took a deep sigh, and he looked over at me, and he said, well, this is it. And he began, like, walking forward toward the island. And, and I turned, 
And I looked at my friend who was sitting beside me, my, my dear friend at the church at this point, and her eyes were streaming with tears. And I went, what is, before I could even say, like, am I dreaming this? What is going on? She's crying. I'm crying. And the Lord meets my husband right here in this church service and saves his soul. And so that is oh, the my story. word. <laughs> uh, oh, my uh, word. Isn't that, and again. you know what I think is so amazing about that? God uses a car. <laughs> yes. You know, a vehicle, you know, yes. like an object to even bring yes. him there, right? Exactly. You know? Exactly. And so when people are like, oh, God cannot reach this person, they'll never be able to reach that person, you know, or anything else. So they backslid in so far, you know, and everything else. You just, you just never know. We serve a big and awesome God, you yes, know? We serve a big yes. and awesome God, and he would use the most craziest things to speak to people. Heck, yes. in the Bible, he used a donkey, right? Yeah. You know, right. You know. so it's like, it's just amazing when I hear stories like that. It's like, and who would have uh, thunk it, right? Who would have thunk it that it would be like a car or something as simple as that that would bring your husband to the church, which ends up, ends up you know, so basically, you guys are eternally grateful for the person who tried to steal the car. <laughs> I've always thought about that person. Like, what must they have seen in my car? Did they see a Bible? Did they see a uh, a bulletin of some kind? What? You know, yes, it's like right. Once again, it talk. You know, that's just taking. God is so good. That is just taking what the enemy meant for bad. God yes. is taking what the enemy meant for bad and using it for his good. You know what? Yes. I bet you <laughs> that person had no idea how God was going to be like, you know what? See, this is going to be someone's eternal salvation through this, right? You Me? know, <laughs> it's so crazy, you know, when we think of it from a logical standpoint, how that works, you know. And it's not easy going from – um like another religion from Hindu to another, you know, yeah. and and I know very little about like the Hindu religion and um, uh, traditions. I know more about Buddhism, you know, and things like that. But what was one of the most difficult things you think that he had to that was that was hard from him embracing one and letting go of the other? Correct. So basically, I guess this was a a blessing in disguise that my husband's mother was more dedicated to Hinduism than he was. Um, there's a saying that Hindus have that being a Hindu is as deep as the color of your skin. Uh, in other words, like, um, so no matter what the Beatles said, Hinduism you cannot convert into. Um, so oh. it's like you're born a Hindu or you're never a Hindu. They just feel that way in the Indian society. So um, at least that's what my husband told me about Hinduism. So it was a huge matter of pride then that no one else can get in to this little club of being Hindu. And so for him, um, when he, he and the frostiness on his part, he was so conflicted inside because the spirit had been doing a work in him and he did not know how to deal with that because Hinduism is works, 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 and salvation is grace, grace, grace. And it was such, it was so difficult for him. He was trying to process all of this in his mind over those months that I thought 
God was doing nothing. God was definitely doing something that I could not see. See, when God is silent, we think he's not doing anything. That's so wrong. That's not true. He's working behind the scenes in hearts that we don't even know about. And so for him, you know, with his mom, it's like, okay, yeah, Hinduism has 330 million gods. One more. What's that? But no, you know, he was afraid when he when he was discussing things. When I would go to church, he would call his mom and begin to talk about, listen, this pastor said this and this. Listen, what 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 about this? And she was like, well, you can begin going to that church, but you're a Hindu. I mean, that's just the way things are. So for him, he, you know, being so dedicated to his family more so than the religion was really the 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 point for him that he had to. He would never have been discommunicated, uh, uh, what do they call that? Um, excommunicated. Right, excommunicated or exiled from his family. They, did, they would not have done that to him. But he, he, was, he loved his family, but he loved what God was doing in him more, and he loved God more. And so that was, that was the, the hard part. And it's the same with us, isn't it? We might put a different label on it, but do we love our sin more? Do we love what we're doing more than we love God? You know, so we all have it, but under a different heading maybe, that, that part of us. You know, is it going to be all of Christ or all of us? That's the bottom line. Is it what I want or is it what God wants for me that's going to be the determining factor here? Or is it do we have a whole bunch of little idols that are other gods in our lives with a small g and then are going to church is just another one of those you know we're not we're not committed we're not sold out to it we're our heart really isn't in it we're just going to add it to the list Mm -hmm. you know um and you're right it's just it's so relevant um in everyday life what are you thinking sherry well i'm sitting here listening to nikki and you, there is so much hope in your story. I love yes. how you talked about when um, when they, you guys were all in the parking lot and that God spoke to your husband the way a man needs to be spoken to. And yes. you were you were worried about the reaction of the preacher bringing out the gun, and yet that's exactly what your husband needed to see. I love yes. how you shared that. Um, even though your husband was introverted, that he was loved on by the church. Like so many things that you, you it, it, your story is just so full of hope for us in every area. Just like, like you said, when God is silent, he's not really silent. So maybe we yeah. need to be silent when God is silent so that we can let him work yeah. when we're asking him to work. And then when you were talking oh. about how your, your home life was still so frosty, I'm thinking, oh, when my home life feels frosty, I panic. And I think, okay, what do I need to do to fix this? Well, maybe it doesn't have anything to do with me. And maybe, maybe that's when I need to be quiet. Like God was working. I would have been panicking. And God was like, just, just rest in me, daughter. I've got this. I mean, your story is just, I could keep going. Your story is so full of hope. And I really really pray that our listeners today, regardless of the of the bits and pieces of your story that resonate with them, I hope that they really see, or I pray that they really see the hope that that your story brings. And the fact that you're so willing to share your story with other people, 
so that they can have that hope. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing that with us and with our listeners. What an honor and a privilege. Thank you for having me, Sherry and Kara. I am so grateful. Thank you. Now, Nikki, Jerrica, you we didn't even talk about your book. And I have to say, I went and bought it. I love your book. I love your book. So if you guys like historical Christian fiction, you need to go buy Waiting for Lily Bloom. It's only $2.99 on Amazon. Like, that is nothing. You, can, you can't even buy a specialty coffee for $2.99. It is nothing. And I'll tell you what, you will be so blessed. So, in fact, Nikki, I have a question because do you have a sequel? Because I really want to hear more about these people. Like, I love the way you ended it. I absolutely love the way you ended it, but I want more. So I need more of Lily and James. So yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I need to consider that. I I hadn't, but I I think I need to. I've I've heard a few people that have said that as well. So definitely, I will I will be thinking about that. Um, I'd I'd actually love to hear a little more from them too. So maybe <laughs> sit down and, and get busy with that. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so if anybody else would like to be introduced to James and Lily. The story is called, or the title of the book is Waiting for Lily Bloom. You can find it on Amazon or head over to jerricakingston.com, J-E-R-I-C-H-A-K-I-N-G-S-T-O-N.com. And you will get to hear a lot more about Nikki Jerrica, Jerrica Nikki. Um, but just make sure you call her Jerrica in the, in the public eye because that's, that's her um, author name. I have had so much fun and I'll tell you what you scratched the surface for us so you seriously have to come back um in the next year in 2023 and we just love to make that a uh, we need to make it happen not just a possibility but we need to make that happen I had so much fun and I I know I was really quiet but like Kara said I didn't want to interrupt you either because you had so much meat that you were sharing with us today so I want to turn to the listeners and I just want to say, if you need encouragement, if you need to feel hope, if you're going through something in life right now that is just wearing you down, what we just heard from, from Nikki, the testimony that she had, she had so many strikes against her in this human world. And yet God, but God, he was there the whole time. He was bringing, drawing her heart to him. The Holy Spirit just loves you so much. And he wants a relationship with you so much. So just like John 16:33 says, these things I have spoken to you. In me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus really, truly has overcome the world. And the way that we can have that hope and the way that we can have his peace and the way that we can have his joy is by first starting with that relationship. As she was sharing about her husband, it took him such a long time to grasp that, that a relationship with God, that being a Christ follower is about grace. It's about God's grace for us. And that's what God is offering you today. So if that's something that you, that you want, if that's something that you, that you long for, and if, you, if you're asking that question, like Nikki asked God and said, I have screwed up so much. I'm so far behind the eight baller. I'm so, I'm so far down 
I don't know how to climb up even the baseline. God says, you don't have to. Just come to me the way that you are and just watch and see what I will do. So if that's you, and if you want that relationship with God today, then I invite you to pray this prayer with me. Oh, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I believe you died on the cross and that you rose again and you're seated on the throne. Jesus, forgive me for all that I've done wrong, and I choose to forgive all others. Come into my life today and forever. I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you're interested in seeing all the new exciting things that Kara is doing, head over to her website, karaarhunt.com. If you want to find out about my membership, Jesus in the Everyday, a way that you can um, start every single day of the month, which then in turn becomes every single day of the year with God and focusing on God. It doesn't take that long. It's more satisfying than a specialty cup of coffee, and it lasts a lot longer. Um, Head on over to my website, SherrySwalwell.com. If you need prayer or encouragement, please email us at cheeruppodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to be part of our Cheer Up Podcast community, head over to Facebook and join our Facebook group, Cheer Up Podcast. We are so glad that you are here. Nikki, I, again, say thank you so much for sharing your heart with us. And I cannot wait till you come back next year and you share a little bit more because we had a lot of topics to talk about today. And we, we discovered who you were, which was such a blessing. And now I can't wait to hear your words of wisdom from your 30 years of marriage and your, your many years of just living. So the invitation has officially been extended. We just need to find the time on the calendar and we would love to have you back and come back next week because next week for the next two weeks, the last two weeks of July, Kara and I will be talking about our favorite books, our favorite activities, our favorite summer things. So it'll be nice and light and, and um, fun, and maybe you'll get a few books or authors that you didn't even know about. So, again, thank you so much for being here. We had so much fun. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we will see you next Wednesday. Oh, 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 oh,